Welcome, welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, I am super, super excited um, about tonight's show. We have an amazing guest that I'm going to have on tonight, my brother. Um, But listen, I'm excited about tonight. This is episode 113. We most definitely have a lot to talk about. This is where the culture meets scripture. I'm I'm so excited because I feel like we are in a time where, like never before, where we need um, biblical truth um, because there are so many things that are are always fighting for our attention and our affection, um, in our mindsets and our hearts. And um, I'm reminded of the scripture that talks about. Um, hiding the word of God deep down in our hearts that we are to hide the word in our hearts because there are so many things that are always competing for our affection. But tonight we have an awesome show um, where we're going to be talking about how to navigate through doctrinal disagreements and the importance of sound doctrine. We're also going to be talking about why do people leave the faith? You know what I'm saying? And and I know that's a, a, a broad question. Um, but why do people leave the faith and what should the church's response be when we see people leave the faith? Um, but I don't want to take too much time. Um, I actually want to hop right into the topic. But before we hop into the topic, I want to introduce my guest, my brother, uh, Pastor Sonny Smith from Detroit Church. Man, he's an awesome man of God. He's a pioneer uh, here in the city of Detroit when it comes to uh, Christian uh, hip hop and and just the things that he's been able to do for the culture um, and and just a blessing to the body of Christ. And so, without further ado, I want to bring my brother on. What's up, Pastor Sonny man? How you what doing, up, man? What up, Eastside? What's good? <laughs> yes, sir. Eastside. Day, yes, sir. Man, and somebody, somebody told me that pioneer is a nice way of saying you old. Just FYI. <laughs> Hey, it's, hey, it's nothing wrong with that, man. You know, a a legacy legacy is everything, man. The the, the legacy that we we leave, man. And so, Amen. man, Amen. man, I just I just want to give you your flowers while while you're here, man, and, and say that I appreciate you. Thank and you. and what's what's crazy is, man, um, it's crazy that our paths are just now crossing. And it's and it's funny because we got people that we both consider brothers yeah. and sisters, and yeah, we're people that we consider uh, dear friends, yes, yes. Um, mutually, yeah. But we're just now crossing paths just yeah. now, officially. You know what I'm saying, yeah, yeah, yeah officially, yeah. yeah, yeah. I just say, bro, I've and heard. So I, I've always my. Oh, I'm sorry. Man, I'm sorry. I was gonna say I've heard of your passion for the Lord, um, you know, for a while, for for some years now, and um, I've always appreciated your your gospel witness and your bold witness of the gospel, and your uh, you use the word unapologetic. I think that's fitting um, when I think about how you have uh, engaged people. So I've watched from afar, although we haven't crossed paths physically. I have watched from afar, man, and and not to mention your rhyming skills. Yes, sir. Although I'm retired, I, I don't. I'm not an MC anymore. Um, you know, I still like got a lot of respect for the game and for those who are in it, man. So much respect, bro. 
Uh, glory to God, man. I, that's very, very, very humbling, man. And all glory to God. Like I said, man, I, I, I've admired you from a distance, man, for a long time. And just just watching um, how you move in ministry and, you know, people who follow this show know I just don't have anybody on the show. I, um, I don't care about um, clout or fame or any of that stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah. I literally don't care about it. For me, it's all about substance. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And and and, and I want to be where God is. I want to be amongst the people where God is moving, um, mm -hmm. because number one, I need that accountability. Mm -hmm. You know, I know I don't know everything. We all have blind spots, mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. I believe the way that God has set it up, He hasn't set it up for us to get everything that we need being on an island to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whether you, I don't care what your title is in the church or how anointed you feel you are, we need each other, man. Come on. We, and we need accountability. Yeah. And, and, and so I, I want to have the conversation tonight, man, um, about how to navigate through doctrinal disagreements mm. and the importance of sound doctrine. Now, when I reached out to you, <laughs> um, when I first reached out to you, um, um, I saw one of a Facebook post that you made, um, mm. and it was in response to the Mike Todd situation that went viral, right? It, it did. Um, and, and so for y'all who don't know, or, or mostly everybody is familiar, uh, Mike Todd did an illustrative sermon, which he is famously known for just over the top illustrated illustrations and yeah. it's nothing wrong with doing illustrations I, I think some illustrations are very beneficial and, and actually dope mm -hmm. um but he did he did an illustration um with his brother where he was talking about the story in the bible where jesus um spit in the sand and rubbed um spit in the blind man's eyes and so Mike Todd proceeded to like spit, spit. He spit, a, he spit a little bit. He spit a lot. <laughs> like he dug deep. He did. He, did. He, did. Yeah. he dug deep from his chest and um, he spit in his hands and he began to teach the story. And he puts spit, rubbed spit, not just in his brother's eyes, but all over his face, rubbed it in good. And so you, and so, um, it caused a frenzy. It did. It caused a frenzy, and you made a Facebook post. Yeah. Um, and in your Facebook post, you made some points, um, and you also quoted um, uh, brother D David Richardson, who is a known apologist, and and some of the things that he said concerning the situation. Yeah. But I want to get your thoughts on it, and and. First, I want to get your thoughts on on your post, and then I want to kind of dive into doctrinal disagreements and the importance of sound doctrine. So, what was some of the things that you shared on your post, and what was your heart behind sharing? Yeah, the things on the post. Yeah. Um, so, like you mentioned, I shared a post from Damon Richardson that kind of cut to the chase of uh, what I believe is. Um, 
a core issue in the Mike Todd illustration. I think the Mike Todd illustration, uh, more than anything, is probably symptomatic of a, a core issue. So I was really burdened by that core issue, not just from his his sermon and the reaction from it, but this is just the place that I've been. Um, you know, so as a pastor, uh, without going into a whole, you know, my whole bio and, and history, um, I, I've been pastoring for about about 12 years now. And early on in my, my pastoral role, um, man, I, I, I got smacked in the face with my ineptness, just what I lacked theologically, what I lacked in terms of sound doctrine. Loved God, loved God's people. Um, but man, uh, I preached a lot of bad sermons and just didn't have the proper training, you know. So, um, so. <laughs> You know, I've been on this journey to to learn of him, to learn of him and journey of, of learning, wanting to be a lifelong learner. And I'm you know, I, I still feel like I got a long, long life to live ahead of me. So I'm, I'm prayerfully I'm still early in that journey, but I'm blessed to have a lot of people around me who love the Lord and who are committed to um, searching out his heart, searching the scriptures to uh, to have his mind revealed to us. You know, so so I wanted to highlight just the need or even even just the awareness that there is a thing such as theology in the mind of God and searching out the heart and mind of God and a practice of searching him out. Uh, there are a lot of diff different definitions um, for theology that may be out there. Uh, the word is derived from two Greek words, theos, meaning God, and, and, and uh, logos, meaning word. Right. So mm -hmm. to break it down in its simplest form, phonetically, you know, it's a word about God. So we're in we're engaged in theology, whether we know it or not. Matter of fact, I'll even say and I think Martin Luther right. said this. We're all theologians for better or for worse. Yep. People don't right. realize people don't realize that realize it. And it has That's great right. implications to, to how we live, to how we are pointing people to God, great implications, how we parent our children, if we're parents or how we, if we're artists, you know, the songs we write, great implications, our views about God, our views about the world, they come out and how we live, you know, so just wanting to like advocate, I guess, bro, and just put on blast, yo, if you, if you call yourself, not just a pastor, but just a believer in God, hey, let's, how do we nurture a community where we advocate um, scrutiny in the pulpit. And I use that word scrutiny mm. carefully, right? Because I know in, in, in some of our culture, we can look down on that like, you know, a critical spirit. Whereas I think, man, yeah. in the New Testament, in the early church, we see this idea of Paul, you know, Paul going to the apostles, uh, in a sense, like sharing what happened to him at Damascus, what happened to him in the revelation that he received from the Lord Jesus, in a sense, like talking about improving his apostleship, right? We, we have right. the Jerusalem council in Acts chapter 15. We have different scenarios where uh, these men of God who were used, people of God who were used, went through a training process and were accountable, right? So, so right, right. How do we, how do we build that? How do we create that and, and, and create a longing for that that protects not only the church, but it protects the communicator, the preacher, the man or the woman of God? Right, right. Yeah, I, I think that, man, you said you said a mouthful. I think creating that environment. See, what, what I think has happened 
is we as as the church we have conformed um to the world in a lot of ways and how we even respond to correction mm. um mm-hmm. and what i mean by that is um first and foremost you can't you can't talk about anyone's celebrity like favorite celebrity we we have celebrity preachers celebrity pastors celebrity uh prophets and prophetesses we have we we've created celebrities in church here um you can't say anything about them yeah you can't correct them you can't and the moment you say something yeah oh you're hating yeah you're hating yeah. it's not oh you have the the best interests of the body at heart oh no you're yeah. hating you know what yeah. i'm saying and yeah. so it's like it's not if you're if your following isn't as big as theirs or if you don't have the same amount of clout as them you can't say anything and mm-hmm. i think that's i think that's wrong mm-hmm. um and i think we've conformed to the world in a way um in such a way where the world does everything according to how they feel if it feels right mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. do as thou wilt mm-hmm. do what feels right Mm-hmm. Um, and long as it makes people feel good, yeah. then it must be good. Yeah. Then it must be right. Yeah. And so I think when we start getting in that type of water, um, when our feelings become the, the, the filter, then we begin to let other things in that may not be in line with God's word. But oh, go man. ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I mean, no, it's inevitable. We will do that. We will do that. And, you know, the problem is it doesn't always manifest as a a a, a 911 emergency. Right. It it, it often it's often exposed as like, hey, you know, just be careful of that. We don't understand that the the damage or how critical it is to a proper foundation. And when that foundation, bro, is not laid, I think we in, properly we end up allowing those flaws or those cracks to spread, and if they spread very, very quickly, and they end up affecting uh, so much in our lives. And you, I mean, you gave an example about like just the world and, and being moved by their feelings, and and I agree with you. I think that's you know the the church we do it as well, but we do it in a way that that is it almost feels good to our religious senses. And one of the things that I find myself, you know, having to uh, challenge my own my own views, but also challenge the views of those who I'm walking with is even like how we talk about love. Like, you know, there's a popular popular book that came out some years ago, Love Wins. Like we throw it around and that word that nowadays in 2022, I hate to say it, but that phrase needs unpacking in the culture because there's a lot that people may insinuate by using that word right so so yeah. you may think one thing in mind and the hearer may may think be thinking something totally different but we 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 elevate love and i think that love is love is love never fails love should be should be elevated but but the question i like to ask some of the, some of the people i'm walking with is what do you think is the most important characteristic that we have received uh in the church or for, for the church some would say it's love, right? But 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 how do you define love? Because yeah, the Bible the, 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 the <laughs> say it again. 
I, I was I was going to say, I believe it's first Corinthians um, 15, I believe, verse 33. I could be wrong with this, but I know it's in Corinthians where it talks about love, delights and truth. Mm-hmm. One of the mm-hmm. characteristics of love mm-hmm. is it delights in truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, love also rebukes. Mm-hmm. We don't want to talk about that aspect but go ahead i'm no no i mean you you're saying it bro so i guess what i'm advocating for is a high view of scripture because it is scripture that helps define love for us how narrow or robust uh you know our our view or definition of love is will affect how we receive it and how we give it to a world that that we understand needs it and we want to give it, we need it. And we want to be like, we want to be the ones that are best at giving that. But if we're not careful, we'll allow some other ideology to define it, you know? So again, just advocating for a high view of scripture because it is even, it is the scriptures that help define what love is for us. Ultimately, we know love is a person, feel me, you know? So- Right, right, right. uh, this, This is something I think again, when, when we, don't have the accountability when we don't have the level of of honorable scrutiny in the pulpit um when we don't have a commitment to not just the knowledge but the virtue living it out practicing it among god's people i think we find ourselves man just tripping over you know these these cracks in the foundation and honestly man it's grieving i'm grieving I've, I've been grieving yeah. this for the last couple of weeks. You know, there's a there's a mutual brother that we that we know and love and respect uh, very well. I've known for over 25 years, and he uh, he was a pillar in the hip hop community. Gospel hip hop community is a pillar, and uh, recently came out and renounced his faith. And um, man, I've, I've I've shed tears. I'm getting emotional now, even even thinking about that. You know, so so for me. Like what he's going through and the fallout from that many people who are just bewildered, like asking, like, how? How does that even happen? Um, it's That's very closely tied to what we're talking about with this Mike Todd illustration, bro. And again, it just underscores the need for a healthy, functional church that is operating according to the way that the Lord Jesus designed it to operate, where it's not built on one charismatic man or woman or one individual. Mm. With a lot of anointing of the man of God, and they're charismatic, they're you know, they they got it going on, and people are drawn to them. That's not the way God designed for this to operate, you know. So ah, st- you stepping on too many, you stepping on too many toes now, Pastor Sonny. <laughs> we need a king. <laughs> king. Uh, help us, Lord. Yeah, yeah. Face. We need someone that we can put on a pedestal. Yeah. To to like we yeah. need that yeah yeah god isn't enough yeah god wants to be our king yeah but we want a man mm. <laughs> yeah yeah bro and i said something um i made a facebook post the other day i said spirituality and critical thinking mm. should be <laughs> able to coexist in mm. our churches Mm. Our faith shouldn't be emotionless, but our faith shouldn't be shaped by our emotions. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I, I think there needs to be a balance. And I think 
what what and I, I i i felt your heart when you made the post in response to michael todd um the michael todd situation yeah um and i understood that it was bigger than michael todd See, a lot of times when you when you speak about figures that people have put on a pedestal, um, people want to make it about them and not the issue that exists in the church. Mm. Because mm -hmm. there are things that are not biblical that are happening every Sunday, every day, um yeah. in in our church yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah there there are things that are happening um on a regular you know what i'm saying yeah. and i want so so what i want to do because i don't want to make it about mike todd but because it is a more recent situation if someone was to say like okay i saw the illustration Pastor Sonny, you as a pastor, mm -hmm. what was wrong with that? I didn't mm -hmm. see anything wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? What What would be your response? What is the why behind or what made it wrong? You see what I'm saying? Because it could be like I, so many times in church, we've had leaders say, don't do this without telling us the why. Yeah. What, like what why why are you saying you know and i think that in all our getting we we should get an understanding so specifically in that scenario um and we can kind of uh zoom back out to talk about the larger situation yeah but i know a lot of people will look at that situation and say okay mm -hmm. what, what was the issue yeah you know he did an analogy of a of, of a bible story yeah what was the big what, what was the issue what would you say well, let me let me first preface um, by saying that I love Mike Todd. I don't know him. Um, I honor him. I think that he is an incredible uh, personality, and 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 he's 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 uh, he's he's grown his church. He's given away tons of money through the church, and has had a a large impact by large, I mean, we're talking millions that have millions of people who have been impacted by him. So, so I want to make sure that, that, um, this isn't about like vilifying someone. Now there is a, a school of camp that, that, that from what I've gathered in my limited, limited knowledge that he is, is close to. Right. And I know that, and you know, my assumption is, is there because number one, I come from that same camp. Right. So a lot of the buzzwords, a lot of the, the some of the terminology and even some of the interpretation of scripture, um, I, I would say, leans very closely into a prosperity gospel view of scripture. And for those who may not know, mm. prosperity gospel pretty much says that God wants you to be rich. And if you're not blessed in prosperity, if you're not blessed in material things or financially, then either there is uh, something you're doing wrong, there's sin in your mm. life. Or you just need to hold on and keep doing what God has told you to do because God wants you to be rich or God wants you to be financially um, blessed. And so, I, again, I think that um, that message is very appealing to a people who have endured systematic oppression, systematic economic injustice. It's very appealing to us. And um, 
and I will say even you know on on the church's website, this is a part of their core beliefs. With their beliefs about God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, they have language about prosperity and material wealth. You know, so so that's that that is going to be a red flag again. In the moment, that does that message sound appealing? It can, right? It, it certainly can. But again, that, that's a crack in the foundation. You know, so to me, that's that's the larger picture. His specific example. Um, I believe is a poor hermeneutic. It's just a poor hermeneutic. And and hermeneutic is just a, a word that we use, theologians use to talk about your interpretation, your interpretation. And what he does, and again, I, I'm really hesitant to make a big deal just about the illustration because to me, it wasn't as much about that as, as it is, you know, uh, you know, the other issues that we've been speaking on. Um, but Jesus never rubbed spit in someone's eyes, right? Read what Jesus did. Number one, there was a blind man. Jesus was moved with compassion to bring healing to this man. And he picks, he, he, he spits in the dirt, takes the dirt, rubs it, right? Rubs it in his hand, then he places it on on, on uh, the blind man's eyes, and he becomes healed. His vision is restored again. Now I can appreciate Mike's uh Mike Pastor Mike Todd's desire to make the word of God accessible to people. I think that that's something that he does. He does pretty good a lot of times. Um, uh, I think he's a great communicator, you know, a lot of charisma again, but, but these, these small issues, these quote unquote, small foxes, you know, can spoil the vine as the scriptures tell us. And um, I think that, that that's just one area where, where, if you're not careful as a communicator of the scriptures, if you're not tied to a proper hermeneutic, if you don't have a conviction, a theological conviction that as preachers and communicators of the, of the scriptures, we simply want to say what it says, right? We don't want to take out from it right. and say right. something that God never intended it to say. Mm. And, and I've grown up and in, 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 uh, made a lot of great things about where I come from, um, and how I grew up. So I don't want to like, again, I'm not trying to vilify how I came up or even a certain person because it's not even about a certain person. I just kind of felt like this, this, this thing in like what people wanted to hear was something new. So right. don't just read the same scripture. I heard that. Give me something new. What is God saying? What is something fresh God is saying in the scripture? Right. And well, let, think, let, so, so, let, so let, let me ask you this, Pastor Sonny, what actually happened in this story because i know one of the things that wasn't brought out in the actual story now we're talking about the actual story mm -hmm. jesus actually took the blind man to the side right that's right he did he didn't bring him before the whole crowd right in front of everybody right like the analogy was supposed he actually did it yeah. off to the side almost as if he hey i don't want to embarrass you or yeah. you know what i'm saying i'm not saying that's what the script but he he didn't yeah. do it but yeah. but what's some yeah. other things that actually happen in the story like if you can recall yeah so um i believe there are a couple versions of this and uh uh well, do you i didn't hear the whole mike todd message do you recall the message he was preaching from was it the, was it the mark um count I'm not sure which account it was. Okay. That's a great question. That's a great question. I think it was Mark's account, which would have been Mark 8. 
And um, and you're exactly right. Verse 23 says, and he took him, he took the blind man by the hand and he led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes and laid hands on him, he asked him, do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees. Now, I'm not sure if this is the version again that he was preaching from. I could be wrong. Um, I'm not, I don't want to misquote him. I don't want to, um, again, man, this isn't, this really isn't about, uh, you know, picking apart um, a preacher. And let me also just say this, like, this is something I subject myself to. Like, I advocate for for this as, a, as someone who wants to get it right and does not know most things, right? Still learning. So I don't want to right, right. have some people comment on my post, like, man, are you, you, are you jealous of him? Like, are you mad because your church is not popping like this? <laughs> like, no, no, it's, <laughs> you know, so, um, so I think, bro, when we, when we don't preach a pure gospel, Paul says in, in Galatians chapter one, if anybody comes to you preaching another gospel, let them be accursed, right? That word there, another means anything added to the gospel. So in other words, the gospel plus something else. He says, let them be accursed yeah. again. He says it two times in a row, but like added, mm. like added, like purpose to it. So, so. My concern is when we use these savvy marketing techniques to draw people and we add things to the gospel, we have to keep adding it to the gospel to keep their attention. Yeah. And, and what we're doing is we are nurturing and fostering and raising up a biblically illiterate church who, who have no understanding or desire to even understand what pure sound doctrine even is, you know? And um, that's the danger, I think. And when there's too much personality, you know, in in the pulpit, and, and, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not against personality. I've been told I'm, I'm, I'm passionate as I communicate. I'm also a marketing guy, I'm a designer. <laughs> so, so like I have, like, I feel like, yeah, let's offer our marketing skills and techniques to the glory of God. We have the best brand ever in the gospel. Our marketing is absolutely telling. We have the best story of all time. But let's make sure that the story is about him. He's the main character, right? We're pushing his brand and not our own in it. Yeah. So, so how do I think that we need to be able to? disagree and and what i loved about what you said is like hey i'm open to the same uh scrutiny with my with my messages and and what i preach and and i, I was just telling uh one of my one of my brothers like hey i don't want my church to be a one-headed monster you know what i'm saying like i have blind spots i need accountability come on you know what i'm saying and we we all can get this thing wrong. We can get some things wrong. We're not always going to say everything 100% right. It's, it's not going to all, you know what I'm saying? Because we yeah. we are flawed human beings yeah. um, in need of the Lord's grace yeah. and in need of the, whole, the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And collectively, I, I just wish that um, people were more open to correction because I, I truly believe there is a blessing in correction. You, you know, you know what I'm saying? When, when done with, when done the right way and, and in the right spirit, 
And one of the things that I, I don't like, Pastor Sonny, is it's almost like when we talk about correction, it's almost like our generation or our culture, I should say, automatically equates correction to trolling. Even, yeah. e e even when that's not what's being done. And, and that's one of the things that I don't like about social media. There's a lot that I do like about social media, but mm -hmm. that's one of the things I don't like about social media because I actually prefer to have these type of conversations yeah. in person um, yeah. or face to face when, where you can uh, hear tone and make eye contact and, yeah. and really flesh yeah. out these, these topics because it's necessary. Mm. And, and, and one of the things, the more I get into God's word, it's not just the more that I learn, but it's the more I see what I don't know. And yeah. whenever we get at a place where we feel like we don't need correction mm. or we feel like we know everything, that's a dangerous place to be. Man. Yeah. So this is what I did, bro. After I made the post, um, I knew that um, there are people in my church who had seen the post. And because uh, because of my because I know them and love them, um, I know that uh, there are many different potentially many different opinions and views about what I posted about Damon Richardson's post that I shared and about the Mike Todd situation. So I felt compelled to call a meeting with all of my leaders uh, over Zoom, a virtual meeting and say, hey, y'all, um, matter of fact, let's not even call it a meeting, let's call it a conversation, but I want to bear my heart with you all. And I want you to know why I posted it, why I responded the way that I did and really why I lead the way that I do. This is like, this is what you're seeing is, is informed by my convictions about how I should be leading. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's deeper than just a Facebook post that people are commenting on. And, um, yeah. you know, so I really have a conviction, bro, about a shared leadership. Um, I mentioned that I was a uh, pastor and, you know, I started pastoring um, in 2009. And I was installed as pastor of the church my dad had had first started uh, back in 1981, and uh, huge responsibility, mm. huge honor. And my my pops, mom had you know served faithfully in the community for years and years. And um, man, four or five years into it, uh, I felt like you know what, man, there's something I feel I sensed God tugging and pulling pulling me in a different direction. I wasn't quite sure, you know, how to articulate that. And one of the things that I, that I began to long for was a biblical model of leadership, a New Testament eldership, because we didn't have that. And it was some a few other things. So, 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 so see that even, and I don't want to just rush through that part because I, and I want to keep, I want to keep you on everything that you're about to say, but even when you say a New Testament model of leadership, some, sometimes people assume that what we're seeing in a lot of churches today is that, but when you say a New Testament model of leadership, what do we actually see in the scriptures when it comes to leadership in the, in the local church? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, man, that's a fun conversation. Uh, uh, we could spend the rest of our time just talking about that. <laughs> um, so, so I want to, 
I think I want to highlight local church leadership, right? Local church leadership. I also want yeah. to just acknowledge there, there are there are things. So, so here are three questions, man, that I felt like the Lord really uh, presented me with to help kind of guide us when we begin to plant uh, the church I pastor now, Detroit Church. The first question was, what must the church be? Okay. So mm -hmm. to answer your question here, what must the church be? These are the non-negotiables. Right. We don't get to like, you know, tweak this here. What must it be? And we, we don't get that by watching YouTube. We don't get that from going to seminary. Right. We get that from God's word. What, what has he said about his church? How should it be? How should it operate? What's our purpose? What are the essentials Two, what can the church be? And this was specific to like, you know, the church you're calling me to plant Detroit church. What can it be? Right. So we have our essentials and what must it be? But what can it be? I think speaks a little bit to like maybe my unique calling, my unique gifting, how how I'm wired. Um, you know, I'm an artist, that kind of thing. I know that God's going to use me to preach the gospel through through art as just one of the ways. Right. 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 Methods may change from person to person, ministry to ministry. But the but the message remains should remain faithful. Right. So what can yes. church be? Then the third question he, uh, the Lord uh, gave us is what kind of church does Detroit need? What kind of church does Detroit need? So this speaks to our missiology, right? So, mm. so we have a God who left the glories of heaven, catching worship 24-7, right? If, as if there's time in heaven, but you get the analogy, 24-7, the angelic host bowing before him, left that, came to earth, right? And didn't go to like Rome, didn't go to where it was popping, right? He went to... Bethlehem grew up in Nazareth, like where where the, the the best rabbis didn't hang out in Nazareth. The best rabbis were in Jerusalem. Here, God, the God of human creation, is is here, and and we see Him coming among us, with us, like us, for us. Uh, John 1 14 the message Bible says the word became flesh and he moved in the neighborhood. But this missiology of of how he came and gave himself. Philippians 2, the kenosis of Christ. He emptied himself, right? This is, we mm. have all this, these examples of what our God has done. And when yes. we think about what kind of church does Detroit need, I think these are some things that we want to draw from what God has done through Jesus and coming among the people. So again, I think that as we consider these questions and we begin to think about um, a New Testament church, a New Testament local church, <coughs> according to the scriptures, are, are led by elders and deacons. Elders and deacons. Now, I won't, we won't get into a whole uh, Greek breakdown right now. I know that, um, that in our culture, uh, church culture specifically, the subculture of, amongst uh, some, some of our people, there are a lot of bishops and apostles, right? That's a whole other conversation that maybe for next time. <laughs> Maybe for next time, you know, but 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 from what I see, man, in, in the New Testament, bro, um, elders and bishops are are very closely aligned in the Greek. The bishops just have a little bit more territory oversight of a little bit more uh, uh, in terms of the churches that they were serving and elders were specifically for a local church assignment. But that's how the church is governed. That's how the church is ran. And it's not just, again, one strong, gifted, anointed personality but it's a group of elders. And mm. in our context, we just don't see a lot of that. So again, the Lord used that, man, just my longing for that, uh, among a few other things to, to tell my dad, 
um, that I feel like we need to shut this down. This ain't it. So this is the church. This is the church started at the time it was thirty years ago, and I'm like, hey, that's, yo, that's tough, man. Yo, hey, that's tough. Hey, that's and, that, that's tough, man. Bro, wifey and I, we went on a 21-day fast and began to seek the Lord. Okay, God, is this you? What, like, what is happening? What are you saying? And because not only did, not only was it the history of the church that, that you know, there was a lot of sentimental value. I grew up in this church. So many lifelong friends were made in this church. The, the people that I was pastoring at that time, I loved them. And, um, but I knew that I was not ready. I knew that I was not ready, bro. For several reasons, not just doctrine, character as well. So again, we went on this Jeez. fast, and I, 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 I asked my dad, you know, to get together, and I just shared what was on my heart. And man, I'm so blessed. He said, "Son, I'm relieved." <laughs> he said, "Son, like, Amen." God's been speaking the same thing to me. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to let you down. <laughs> I'm like, oh wow, wow. So it was a great conversation, but I ain't gonna hold you up. That next week, after we shut it down, the next week. I'm sitting here in my living room, bro, Sunday morning with my Bible, and I can just hear the thoughts of the enemy like coming at me like, what have you done? What have you mm. done? The church your dad is laboring in for 30 years. These people have been, these people have been coming. They don't have much, but they've been coming faithfully, and you're just going to abandon them. Like all these lies, right, the enemy was, was just kind of throwing at me, man. And um, we took a couple years, me and my wife, about three years, actually, before we started and launched um detroit church to sit to learn to pray to visit a bunch of other churches and that kind of really started the journey for me that i'm on now and just understanding what sound doctrine is understanding how god desires for his church to be uh governed no thanks that's 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 phenomenal what i what i like about your story is you took you sat down because that takes maturity too to say, hey, I'm not ready. Because the microphone can be a drug. Bro, bro. People people don't want to put this down. Yeah. And a lot of people, we see a lot of people who are maturing their following, but they're not maturing. They're not growing. Mm -hmm. And even when we look at Apostle Paul, right? Mm-hmm. When Apostle Paul came to the faith, prior to him being in the faith, he was a Hebrew of Hebrews, a Jew mm-hmm. of Jews. Like they they had to know the Old Testament Torah by heart. Yeah. yeah. He, he 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 knew the scriptures, yeah. but yet when he came yeah. into faith, yeah. he sat down for a while. Yes. Yes. Apostle Paul, this is the this is the man that that God used to write two thirds of the New Testament. Yes, and he sits down. Yes, because I think that we have to have a higher reverence for God's word. Yeah, yeah, and approach yeah. our platforms with more of a sensitivity mm-hmm. and a carefulness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because people listen to what we say yeah and i i don't i don't i don't want to mislead nobody yeah i don't want anything that i say 
to mislead someone into anything that isn't true to God's character, yeah, true to God's nature and who he is. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it is about him. Yeah. It's about him. Yeah. It's not about us. That's John said in John 3 30, I must decrease mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that he increase. And so I love I love that that yeah. you took time to sit down. <laughs> um I, one of the things that I, I believe, Pastor Sonny, is that people who are full of themselves um, are not self-aware. When, mm. when we're full of ourselves, we're not self-aware. Mm. What I mean by that is we don't see our flaws mm. um, because a lot of times we think so highly of ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and when we think so highly of ourselves, we do everything in the light of making um, us yeah. the main attraction and us the draw man. Um, when it's about jesus man man we're addicted to ourselves bro the gospel according to me uh, we are chronic narcissists and we've 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 limited and, and almost relegated god to our image and how we worship him how we think about him um there was a a a, a, a 20th or 19th century atheist, I believe, who 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 struggled with Christianity because he what he was seeing from Christians he felt was just uh, their view of God was a projected view of themselves, <laughs> and mm. and by and large, you know, he may have been right. This is this is this is the essence of idol worship. This is what we do, and just to kind of to kind of go back to what you were just talking about um, in that next chapter in John four, Jesus says. Uh, when he's talking to the woman at the well, he said the father desires true worship, those that worship him in spirit and in truth, right? God is a spirit and those who, who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, right? In truth. So our, our, our pursuit of truth, our walking out truth is a form of worship. This is a form of worship. Jesus, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your mind, soul, mind. all of your mind. mind. We're good in the body. We're good with loving him with our hearts and our souls. Not so much mm. our minds. Others, others mm. of us on the other side of the spectrum, we're, we're, they're good at worshiping him with their mind, but not so much with the soul. And I think, man, unfortunately, we, we kind of feel like, you know, these, the denomination, denominationalism will have us feeling like we got to pick one or the other. Like, why is that? Why is that, man? I, and I was telling you, yeah. man, we talked uh, yeah. uh, early in the week, man. I've, I've recently just become a lot more, I guess, comfortable in just accepting my convictions that unapologetically, I am most myself, I guess, uh, in a charismatic expression of my faith, built upon and surrounded by and kept in check by a robust theology. A robust theology. Mm-hmm. And those things yeah. should not be mutually exclusive, exclusive, right? They they go yeah. And, and and I think that's one of the places where we really, you know, uh, found a um, a camaraderie in because when you communicated that, it resonated in my soul. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, yes, I've gr- I've grown up in Pentecost and charismatic 
church my entire life and and there is i praise god for the foundation and there is is so much that that i've learned about god and know about god as a Mm. result of my upbringing Mm. and 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 there are many things that i still cling to yes amen um amen um but god allowed me to begin to fellowship with other believers of different denominations and yeah one of the things that the lord i believe the holy spirit impressed on my heart early even when i was in college was that he would use me to be a bridge and i didn't really understand that fully um i thought it was just a racial thing you know because in college you know i was fellowshipping with you know, I, w- I was over a, a campus ministry called uh, Lighthouse Campus Ministries. And uh, one of the things that I would do um, is bring together or attempt to bring together all the campus ministries just to pray and fellowship. Mm. You know, you white, at? black, uh, Oakland University. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I, I would try to do that. Yeah. And, 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 and that's how I interpreted it, what I felt like God had laid on my heart. And, and, yeah. and that was part of it. But later, um, the years later, I began, I began to be exposed to different denominational beliefs, yeah. um, from Protestants to reform theology, Calvinists and different things. Mm-hmm. And I wrestled with a lot of things that I was taught. Yeah. in in my home church and in my upbringing yeah. and one of the things that I, I found out um really fast as i begin to just seek god um is that we need each other mm-hmm. we we truly need each other mm-hmm. um i'm a i'm a firm believer that um there are things from Pentecostal charisma, charisma in certain ministries that the reform audience can benefit from and Calvinists mm-hmm. and, and, and vice versa. Yeah. And, 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 and one thing that I, I, I really begin to see is how quick many of us are quick to the moment we're challenged we're quick to immediately side with our group and our clique. <laughs> even, even, yeah, now catch yeah. this, even when the Lord may be dealing with us about mm-hmm. something that our clique may actually be wrong about. Mm. Yeah. Because we don't want to come off as a black sheep or we don't want to be yeah. blacklisted or blackballed from yeah. our community. And so what ends up happening, we begin to explore theology without really realizing that, hey, some of our theological conclusions are rooted in fear of men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, but go ahead. I'm sorry. I know you're. No, no, that's good, man. That's good. I, I think you're right. I think that. So um, I've been praying, man, for a few years now with you know a couple other leaders at our church. How do we like what do we do about all this? Like how it, it just feels it feels uh, out of reach. It feels so much bigger than us because it is. I feel like so, the, you know, the Lord is stretching our faith a bit to, to trust him and to 
just to kind of get his heart regarding God, how can we begin to turn this tide here? And we're not talking about like some like intellectual arrogance or elitism, right? We're, we're just talking about creating a culture where people can, can learn of him, where his thoughts and his ways, um, his truth are accessible. And that, it's not just accessible in an academic level. Now, I will say there are some of us who God has called to go the academic route. Man, when you got when you started talking about your uh, your history and upbringing in Pentecostalism, I got emotional just thinking about my grandmother, bro, and, and my great grandmother, who were you know were like faithful Church of God in Christ members, missionaries to the Church of God of Christ, and um, you know I was dedicated in Church of God in Christ, so I'm so grateful for that upbringing, you know. But I'm also grateful for you know some of the the things the Lord has allowed me to experience, some of it through my dad and his journey, just as me as a young man kind of, you know, being with him, um, but also being exposed to, to things, you know, in my, you know, in my journey as well. And one of the things that we've really tried to uh, be big on at Detroit Church, the church where I pastor, I tried to lead out of this, again, a model of shared leadership where the pastor is not, not untouchable, right? Where, you know, matter of fact, I don't even preach every week. Not only, not only do, not only just to give myself, you know, margin, but God has sent people who hear Him, can communicate Him. Phenomenal preachers, preachers that can preach, pre preach circles around me. One of them actually just commented. I think he just commented. Shout out to my boy Dave, Dave Sumlin. Um, You know, so we've tried to build this culture where, you know, if I'm there, honestly, sometimes if I'm not there for whatever reason, it's it's rare that I'm not there, but they don't even miss me. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even miss me. And that's the kind of like healthy environment that we, we're really trying to build. And what God has done, bro, like I didn't have the word for it. I felt like what I was seeing as I began to think about my journey and the different things the Lord had uh, caused me to be exposed to um, from, you know, Pentecost, traditional Pentecostalism and Church and God in Christ to the word of faith movement to more of like an apostolic prophetic emphasis in high in worship and tabernacle of David. And then in 1995, when I met the ambassador and got exposed to cross movement, got exposed to a whole new world of theological truth and, and reformed thought. And um, went to Moody, started at Moody in 2013, uh, pursuing my MDiv and, uh, and still on that journey of learning. And what God has done in our church, not necessarily intentionally on uh, my end, but we are pretty, we're interdenominational. Interdenominational. And I don't even know. No, no, explain that. <laughs> bro, I don't even know if that even exists anywhere, bro. But I love okay, it though, because I this is who we are. So I will acknowledge. Well, first let me say what it is. Those who have come up in or even still embrace a certain denomination. A certain denomination. Mm -hmm. Now. There are some of our denominations who walk around like we are the denomination and like this is where God is and all y'all other denominations. Or, or 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 like we have the patent on truth. We got it. Blueprint, <laughs> trademark. You know, Project Church used to say like you can't, you can't, you got to be born in. <laughs> you got to be born into this. Bro, so yeah, a mess. So we, but we have people who come up and in that, and what I've, what I've noticed, bro, we begin to draw people who were not necessarily unchurched, but what I would say were mischurched, were mischurched. And as a result of their being mischurched, many of them had de-churched. 
So they would disconnect from church altogether. They would say, I, say, I still love God, but I'm good on church, right? And we began to draw uh, these people. So with all of these different expressions and ideas about different theologies and doctrines, it was super important and it continues to be super important for us to have a good handle, a solid handle on who we are as a local church expression, what we believe. And there's a quote by, uh, there's some discrepancy on who, who, who originally said it. Some believe it was Augustine, um, but nonetheless, it's a powerful quote. And he says, in the essentials, you might've heard it, in the essentials, unity. In the non-essentials, mm. liberty. In all things, charity. I'm I saying like again, that. In the essentials, unity. In the non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. So that has kind of been our model in helping <clears> us <throat> as, as some of the leaders, even before we had an eldership, the leaders would get together and we'd, uh, we'd have uh, long discussions and prayer around what are the essentials for us. So the essential doctrines are doctrines that we will hold with the closed hand, right? These are the doctrines that we will fight over, we'll split over. Now, this right. is pretty small, right? We, if, if we differ on these right here, then we're not on the same team, right? But then mm. we have our non-essentials. Our non-essentials we hold with the open hand. So we're free to, to disagree in the spirit of liberty and unity but we can disagree, and, and, and so this, you know, in this hand, we're gonna have some things like, you know, some tongues, or even our, you know, our embracing maybe of our, uh, uh, you know, ideas about church, or maybe women in ministry. That's a hot one right now. Um, but these are, <laughs> now, I want to admit, hey, hey, I still, I still pray in tongues sometimes. I pray I, in tongues I, every day. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I, but I, but I got brothers and sisters. Not even agree or yeah. think you, you you know what i'm saying but go ahead i'm sorry no no i mean you're right bro so i think you know to that point though i think we need to determine i would i would encourage each each church church leaders to to come into agreement what are the essentials for us what are reasons for us to split go our separate ways and what are the non-essentials for us what can we grow together where, where, where are the opportunities to walk in humility and patience with one another as we continue to seek the lord together one of the beautiful things we see in the early church that we say a lot at our church it seemed right to the holy spirit and to us Mm. Yo, Holy Spirit is in the mix, yo, and all of us are looking for ways I love that, man. to see Him in each other as leaders and lay down our lives to one another, serve one another. You know, not not the the set men of God, right? It's not about you know our egos or building some empire, and that is what we are attempting to do. Now, I will, again, I don't want to make paint this picture like picture like it's not messy or it's not difficult because. It often is messy, especially even beyond theology. When you throw in the multicultural aspect to it, bro, bro, that's a whole nother, whole nother conversation, you know. But um, man, it's the Lord's church, amen. And and He's building it. Um, He's got the He's got the the hammer. He's got the nail. He's doing all the work. He just allows us to hang along uh, for the ride. I love the interdenominational. I've never heard it like that. I've never, because no church is really non-denominational. 
happened. Just for the record, just so y'all know, <laughs> church says it's non-denominational. It's, it usually falls under a denomination in its theological beliefs and, and, yeah. and philosophies. But yeah. when you say interdenominational, I get it, man, because I believe that we should be able to fellowship um, even in the midst of disagreements, um, yeah. as the scriptures say, forbear one another yeah. in love. Yeah. Yeah. There love. are there. Yes. Love, love is the key, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. It's the key. See, yeah. love, love is what makes you stay and not walk away when there's a disagreement. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to walk away from you because I know I need you and I love you. Yeah. Even though we may not agree on a particular topic or issue. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. yeah. And so a part of forbearing each other in love mm. is, you know, hey, we're going to make this work. Yeah. We're going to make this thing work. We, we're yeah. not going to. We're not going to treat each other like gang members. You're the you're yeah. in the Kojic gang or you're yeah. in the reform gang. No, yeah. we're all going to worship together in heaven. Yeah. Let thy yeah. will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. And so in our pursuit of Christ, we are to pursue unity mm. because, you know, mm. and one of the things that I've learned, uh, Pastor Sonny, um, you know, because I've been challenged in, in different the theological beliefs and, and things yeah. that I grew up believing. Yeah. And same. One of the things that I've learned from just my experience, I may not have a there's things that I don't no longer believe. Of course, yeah. you know, that, that I once believed that once I saw in the scripture and I believe that it was isn't biblical. Mm-hmm. But I didn't believe these things right away. Yeah, yeah. Or it may be something that I shared with another brother that he didn't believe right away. But through time and love and doing life with each other mm -hmm. and 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 seeing the fruit mm -hmm. uh, in that per mm -hmm. person's life or vice versa, you know what? I, my, I see the spirit in that. I see in scripture. I see it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you can read something 10,000 times and not see it. Or yeah. not have an understanding of it. Yeah. And so I, I guess think what else? a benefit you can, you can to see something yeah. and think and have a conviction that it's right and still be wrong. And it still be wrong. <laughs> like, bro, bro, like we talk about a church that's two thousand plus years old, right? I mean, some of the best, brightest minds throughout the years and centuries. What makes us think <laughs> that we're gonna get it right just after a couple conversations because I went to seminary? Or because you yeah. know, Lord woke me up in a vision, and this is this, and I know I'm right. When the church has been grappling with some of these issues for 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 centuries, and I think yeah. what we've done, man, we we sometimes we can be so Western in our approach to thinking, our approach to knowledge and ideas that we want to explain away the mysteries and the wonders of God, and some of this stuff is just Deuteronomy 29. The secret things belong to the Lord. What's, what can we say to these things? We bow and worship. We don't know. We don't know. Right. We don't know everything. We, we, we got to be okay with saying we don't know. Sometimes you got to be okay with saying 
You know what? I don't know. Amen. And and and, and 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 I think that sometimes we have a desire to know everything, yeah. and really a lot of times it's pride. Mm. It's it's pride, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and 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 I've learned, you know, actually there was something after you and I talked on the phone, um, and I was sharing with my fellowship um, when we met the other day. I told him, I was like, after I spoke with you, there was something that I, I, I had been asking God for mm-hmm. an answer for, for like three years. And I didn't hear anything. Like mm-hmm. I didn't have, I didn't have clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, but after I got off the phone with you, I feel like mm-hmm. the Holy spirit just illuminated the scriptures, mm-hmm. uh, a scripture that I've read thousands of times. I feel mm-hmm. like, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I see it like, yeah, yeah. Now I can move forward with clarity, but mm. I, I believe that sometimes God doesn't reveal yeah. something, some things to us because he doesn't want us to know everything. He, he yeah. wants to keep us in a place of humility Yeah. Um, because in certain instances, we can get puff, become puffed up in knowledge. You know what I'm saying? And so we're prone to it. We're prone to it. We're prone okay. to it, man. That's why we need the community. Bro, I'm praying community. that God would awaken us to a fresh off the meter robust idea about who he he's called us to be together i'm not talking about my purpose i'm talking about our purpose see scripture says that we have the mind of christ we have the mind of christ right plural pronoun ephesians tells us to keep the unity keep it the unity has already been created and established in the Godhead, right? We're called to keep it. Right? So we're, there's something that we're a part of. I know you, I know, I don't know how long you want to go, but uh, <laughs> I know that. So uh, I want to tra- I, I transition because we could keep going, but I wanted so to ask this. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, I'm, I'm going to tie it together. I think I know where you're going. I'll, I'll tie it together. So I wanted to transition this to, um, I think that especially with the pandemic and everything and, just what has been happening the last few years with the high political tension, the high racial tension in our country, yeah. along with um, COVID and the pandemic and all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, it seems like every other week, if not every week, somebody's coming out saying that they left Christianity. No longer identifying themselves, not just leaving church. We're not talking about leaving a church now. Um, leaving the faith, no longer professing Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life. It seems like it's starting to happen more and more often. And I know the more the most recent notable um, uh, situation was with um, the brother fanatic of Cross Movement. Um, and he he more has a name in the in the church and the Christian hip hop yeah. community, but there's people that don't have a name who have also walked away from the faith. Why do why do you think we're seeing people? Why do people leave the faith, Pastor Sonny? And I know that's a a broad question. Yeah. But what do you think are some of the reasons we see people leave the faith? And what do you think the church's response should be? Well, I can only go to the scriptures. I can only go to the scriptures, bro. Um, I made a post the other day, just sitting with all of this heaviness. 
<sighs> and there's one hope that we have. There's one hope that is impenetrable, that cannot fail, that will not fail. And this is where my faith is, and it's in Jesus as the cornerstone. And I am I grieving, I'm grieving um, those who have fallen away. Um, while I'm grieving, we actually had a, a testimony in my family where my mother-in-law, who was raised in church, was a pillar in church for as long as, you know, she was a part. Um, this is my wife's mom. And um, and about 10 years ago, she left the faith. And I won't get into all the, you know, all the details behind that story. But in 2021, bro, she came back and gave her life back to the Lord. Mm. This was after years of praying and just loving her. Um, so that's a personal testimony that, you know, where my faith. Hallelujah. Praise God. And amen. My faith is stirred. Thank you, Jesus. Hope is renewed, even in the face of, you know, difficult reports, sad reports. So you speak a fanatic, AKA Brady. He may, I mean, he may even watch this. We're friends on Facebook. That's my guy. I love him still to this day, praying for him, believing God's best for him. Um, when my friend ambassador, who is like my big brother, was also big brother to fanatic first told me about this some months ago my response was what not brady and deuce ambassador went off <laughs> he was like not brady he was like man everybody's saying not brady like why not like this could be any of us like this could be who mm. we are this could be any of us mm. treacherous the times that we're living in are are designed to lull us away and I want to take you and take us to where I've been the last, man, several weeks. I can't get away from it. actually more than that, a couple months. Hebrews 3 and 4. And you can throw 5 in too for good measure. Hebrews 3 and 4. And I won't read the whole thing. I read the whole thing to my church on Sunday. It's just, I'm just like, hey. <laughs> hey, some, hey, sometimes you got to do that, though. Sometimes that's what it takes. Yo, yes. But the, the chapter 3, verse 7, the subtitle says, arrest for the people of God. So this is where I was going to go before, bro. I'm praying for a yeah. fresh understanding on the poor of the people of God. God has a people. God has a squad. He's never been left without a squad. Peter, the apostle Peter in 1 Peter 2 called us a royal priesthood. Hallelujah. Kings and priests. Yeah. The king priests. Kings, kings, us in priests, I'm sorry, kings descend, priests ascend, right? This this dual citizenship, if you will, on heaven and earth. This is who God has called us to be. And, and the scriptures say that we are, we're, we're called to proclaim the excellencies of him. Now, and I kind of want to break this down, but because of time, I won't. But that's power packed just in the Hebrew culture, what that meant when they heard that, to proclaim the excellencies. That's like, so this is, God has a squad, God has a people. So back to Hebrews 3, what he's telling them is, yo, like, don't be like your forefathers. After mm. time, time again, I came through for them. Time, time again, I, I displayed my mercy on their behalf. I parted the Red Sea. I gave them fresh manna from on high. Like I came through over and over again. And their hearts still hardened against me. 
And what he says down in verse 12, he says, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. Then he says, but exhort one another every day as long as it is called today. So, bro, this is where the church comes in. This is what God has designed for his people to do, to be in contact, to, whether it's virtual or physical, right? Be, exhort one another every day, day after day. Build one another up, strengthen one another, iron, sharpening iron, lest we allow in, in any of us an evil heart of unbelief to draw us away from the living God. And this is what has happened because we live in such an individual society. People say, I can go to God. Ah, I can I can watch Pastor so on YouTube. Those church, I'm good. And they get drawn away on an island and they don't have this that is, community around this them. Is, this is why we have to be able to navigate through disagreements yeah. and forbear each other in love. What you did, this is why we need each other. Yeah, bro. Yeah, man. We, yeah. We we need each other, man. Like, like no, we're we're actually incomplete. Like, we like this is this is how God designed it, bro. He designed us to fit together. The every body. Time. Yes. <laughs> the, the body of Christ. <laughs> yes, bro. Listen, man. Like we. Like we don't need an official denominational alliance for us to walk in. Matter of fact, there's something I think even sweeter than that. When there's sweet fellowship, I'm here, I'm walking with my brother and my sister, not because it's in our creed or in our bylaws that I got to do this. No, no, there's there's this this community of fellowship and pouring into one another like we see in the godhead that's willingly we laying our lives down for one another i think that god is doing something man with new pastors churches in our city we, we, we are starting to see and i believe we are going to see a lot more churches fellowship fellowshipping together and it's not about you know yo doc you know how many you running uh you know you preach for me i come preach for you i ain't talking about that yeah <laughs> God is doing something, bro, with us, and I'm encouraged, bro. I thank God for you, and uh, I'm, bro, I know it's about to be crazy for you, and is it Path of Revelation? Is that the name of the church? Yeah, Path of Revelation Church. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. I, I think, man, um, how we how we love how we love each other and how we work together um mm. in the midst of people leaving the faith man um i think we do what the bible says mm. we, we we stand firm you know we we love god with all of our heart Amen. Our, our our soul and our mind yeah and we love our neighbor and we do we love our neighbor yeah. as ourselves you know what i'm saying mm. we don't have to reinvent the will and I, I think that um so many times people get caught chasing after a sign or something um i, I think that the yeah. benefit that has came out of these hard times yeah. is what was really deep down on the inside of us has mm -hmm. come up yeah amen the good the bad and the ugly 
and 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 I really believe that we need to see what's in us so we can actually repent and address what's in us. And so, yeah, um, it's good, bro. I, I want everybody to be encouraged tonight. Um, to to steadfast. Um, yeah. To 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 behold the excellency of yeah. God and 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 know that He is faithful. The Lord is is still saving. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really think, you know, a lot of times when it comes to why people leave the faith, people are quick to point out um, church hurt and what the church has done wrong. And, and 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 I understand that there could be, there are unloving people who name the name of Christ, who could be hypocritical, yeah. uh, condemning and unloving. But I want to submit something to everyone tonight. Before we ever encountered a church before we ever encountered a hypocrite or a judgmental church person we were shaping an iniquity come on we were dead in sin in our sin yeah prior to and so yet while we were in sin christ died for us yeah yeah and so and so um, one of the things that I've learned is that um, usually we, we want to point the finger at other people, but at the end of the day, we're the issue. Mm. Um, and what I mean by that, I'm not talking about our value uh, because we are made in his image and we have value. The Lord God loves us and we have value. Mm -hmm. But when I say we're the problem, I'm speaking to our, our egos, our pride. Yeah, um, I believe this is one of the reasons why Jesus said, if any man will come after me in, in Luke 9, 23 through 24, he says, yeah. if any man will come after me, he didn't say he must first rebuke the devil. Yeah. He didn't say that if any man will come after me, he must uh, first um, cast out the, the devils out of his. He says, if any man will come after me, he must first deny himself, pick up his cross. Yeah and follow me. And so one of the things I'm learning is a lot of times we get in the way of what God is trying to do in, in, in us. And a lot of times we, we try to conceive God with, with human knowledge and our mm -hmm. own wisdom. Mm -hmm. and, when, and, and it's really an unwillingness to deny ourselves. And what ends up happening, we, we plant seeds of doubt. Mm. When, you, when you're when you when when you're full of yourself, you leave yourself empty. I, I truly believe that God desires to fill us, but we have to be we have to deny ourselves. And I know that's not a popular um, message today. Yeah. It's not a popular message in our churches yeah. um, because we want to talk about your destiny, and that kind of goes to the prosperity aspect. We make everything about prosperity and. Yeah. what god is going to do for us he's going to give you yeah. a new car and new and, and all of this stuff and, and and at the end of the day god is like man i want to show you my glory but you got to die first bro that's it bro <laughs> bro so there's a verse that haunts me if i can use that phrase and it's probably my favorite verse but it also haunts me jesus says in john 14 30 i think it is or 31 the prince of this world has come and he's found nothing in me. 
Prince of this world has come and he's found nothing in me. Like, what is what does it what will it take for us to be able to say the prince of this world has come? Message Bible says the evil genius has come. Like when he comes, can he locate or identify any of his territory in us? Feel me? Right, right there. <laughs> like, like I want to be able to say there's he's come, but there's nothing in me that he can claim as his territory. There's nothing in me that he can claim as as his because I've emptied myself, I've denied myself. And no, no way am I there yet, bro. But that, but that is, I believe, is the call for us to live that life poured out, laid out, emptied out like Jesus. Again, Philippians chapter two. Um, that's the example that we have. Man, I want to shout out to my aunt, uh, Aunt Gina, uh, watching from Arizona. She's been a faithful, faithful witness and communicator. Amen. Praise God. 30 plus years, bro. Thank you for watching. Mm. I love you. Miss you. I want to say something before we go, because I know we're wrapping up. Um, to something important that you just said, a lot of times we want to tr- people want to re- try to rebuke the devil without denying themselves. And I want to submit something. You can't you can't enter spiritual warfare um, on your in your house or your church without self denial. You know we want to we want to we want to try to rebuke the devil without denying ourselves. The scriptures say. Um, um, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and mm-hmm. he will flee. Mm, yeah. It starts with submit yourselves yeah. to God. Yes, sir. Then resist the devil and yeah. he will flee. Yeah. And, and and so I just want everybody to be encouraged, man, tonight. Um I want to thank you, Pastor Sonny, for coming on and just taking time to just chop it up with us. I know we've been talking for a long time, but I, I really believe this was needed. Um, and, and and hopefully we can do this again, man, and, and continue this, man, because I just love you, man. I love your spirit and I love what God is doing um, with, with Detroit Church, man. And, and I pray that um, how can people... Um, give to the ministry in Detroit church, man. And how can they follow you guys on, on social media? Um, so you can, you know, all that is set up on our website, DetroitChurch.com. You can give through that. Um, uh, social media is at Detroit church, you know, everywhere, YouTube, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, but man, I, in, in this, in this next phase, the Lord has for me, bro, I believe that it is in helping to support um, other churches like yours, other uh, newer church planners and pastors, and just leveraging um, just God's goodness and being as generous as you know as we can be uh, to kind of help support and sustain other churches. Um, God has been so good, bro. It's not even fair. Like the kind of things that the Lord has done, the doors that God has opened. Um, it's not my my marketing savvy my wisdom my connections none of that bro what god has done like it it, it if i was to explain to you all that it has god has done it, it like people have asked me like can you start a can you teach a class on how to do this and i'm like no there's no formula i can't no i cannot it is simply the goodness of god 
And bro, you know, so I, I, I want to, and I feel deeply called and compelled to be that kind of support for other churches. I still believe that the church built on the foundation of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world and the hope of our city. And bro, I'm gonna live and die uh, living that out. So I love you. Anyway, I can support you um, and Path of Revelation, bro. Um, please let me know. That's what I want to do. I appreciate it, man. Listen, you guys, make sure you go to pathofrevelationnow.com. Make sure you leave your prayer requests, any suggestions for future shows. Um, make sure you tell somebody about the show. We're gonna this show will be available immediately on YouTube um, and will be uploaded on. Um, all the other digital outlets, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to your podcast, it should be available by sometime tomorrow. I have to work in the morning, so I'm gonna try to uh, uh, upload it um, as soon as possible, but Sunday, uh, it should be up by Sunday at the latest, but you can go to YouTube if you're just tuning in late and rewatch it. But I wanna encourage you guys to check out um, the, the full show if you're just tuning in late. Um, and I'm just grateful, man. I'm grateful for tonight. I pray that everybody um, has been blessed by um, this conversation tonight. But listen, you've been tuned into the Path of Revelation podcast, and this is where the culture meets scripture. <laughs>